This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. You know some issues, things I think probably good. Good morning, Rutherford County. What a beautiful morning we have this morning. Uh, first one in was Liz Coser. I was told it's Cooser, but it's Coser with the journey home. And uh, uh, Phil Barnett called and uh, asked if uh, you guys could be on. Scott Foster and. Uh, Scott has got a very unusual look. I mean, he's, he's, uh, <laughs> he walked in here and he got my attention. Um, at first, I thought you, what was the name of that guy that was on television that was, uh, he was uh, kind of like a Grizzly Adams? Was that the name of it? Uh, <laughs> yes, my, uh, my, my wife wanted me to grow the beard long. and Your wife? Yes. Uh, That's I, I, unusual. Yeah, I've grown short beard pretty much all my life for 30, 40 years. And, and uh, you know, she wanted it to grow long and see see how that would turn out. And uh, You look you know, pretty slick. You ha- really do. Happy wife, happy life. So, yeah, you know, that's uh, always the one. I, I'm going to do, do whatever she wants me to do. I said yes, ma'am, for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I miss her. Bless her heart. She was a good one. Um, Liz, you were here first, and um, Roseanne. Uh, yes, Roseanne she, Barton. Yes, yeah, she, she was going to come with you. Uh, known Roseanne for a long time. She and her family lived next door to us um, uh, for quite a few years, and of course, that's been many, many years ago. She was just a young kid then. Yes, and then she. Uh, went through the school system, became a great teacher and a principal, and just a just a sweet, sweet lady. Yes, that's right. Roseanne serves as our board chair. Yeah. Now, what do you do, Liz? I Cooser. serve. I serve as. <laughs> I serve as the director of development. Now, what is all included in that? Well, uh, it includes fundraising. Uh huh. Volunteerism marketing, social media. One, one bad thing in there, the social media. <laughs> let's, let's go back to marketing and fundraising. Okay. How, do you, how do you accomplish that? Well, you have to build relationships with people. Yeah. And, um, you know, through those relationships, that's what really makes people support your organization. Mm-hmm. If they feel they have a relationship and understand the mission of the Journey Home yeah. and align with that mission, that is when they invest in the Journey Home and help move us forward. How important would be the businesses that are in Rutherford County, small and large business. Uh, do you have much activity from them? 
they're very important, and yes, we do. We have activity from them as sponsors of events, mm -hmm. and uh, some of them just make donations, and then they also volunteer for us. That's good for to be known, uh, say, for small businesses to come over and be part of what's going on uh, with the journey home, because um, the more you get involved with what, uh, the good things and the things that are uh, you're trying to improve, the the better your name is in a community. That's right. And, and there's nothing needed more than journey homes. I, I, um, I'm telling Scott, I, I got rid of all my cable television and all that crap, and I. It's amazing how many people are reaching out for others right now. Uh, the, our, our veterans that have come back and they yes. uh, they have had terrible injuries. Uh, they've become a lot of them uh, are wheelchair bound and and some even worse than that. And uh, I sit there and watch it and and it just really bothers me that there's so many people that are in need of help now uh, full time and. Uh, Journey Home, you guys provide that for our local people, don't you? Yes, we, we serve Rutherford County and provide, we don't provide, we help people become rehoused yeah. and provide for their basic needs. Yeah, so uh, you're helping them get back, get a hold on life and become a responsible citizen That's again. right, that's right. Uh, Which, and I them. imagine a lot of those are veterans, aren't they? They are. They're veterans. Um, you know, there's there's all kinds of people that become homeless. It yeah. doesn't really, there's not just one type of person. Um, divorce causes homelessness. Um, domestic violence. Young people. Veterans, as mm -hmm. we spoke of. Um, many, many different walks of life enter the journey home and ask for help. Now, Scott Foster, you started Journey Home. I did. And that is one thing that when you make that step toward helping other people, it, it has a real impact on your life. And both positive and negative. It, it, it Indeed. Could, it, could, it could set you going into a Deep, a deep, dark depression. Is that it, what was that old song? But uh, tell me how you felt when you you saw the need of, of the journey home. Well, um, it you're right. There are um, certainly things that are on the positive side of that, and mm -hmm. certainly things that are just heart wrenching. Um, I'll say that when, when I started uh, what, what is the journey home now, um, it was not in response to a need in our community. It was response to a, a call God put on my heart yeah. uh, to serve people who were physically and spiritually struggling. And um, it took 22 years from the time he put that call on my, on my life uh, mm -hmm. until the time I came under conviction that now was the time. Because yeah. uh, so so that's an encouragement for folks that that think that God's speaking to them, but they really don't know exactly what that looks like. Or just keep on praying about it, and eventually He'll work it out with you. Yeah, uh, what he he, He'll you make you see the you light know? sooner that's or later. Right. And um, and so um, you know, 
when I got in, involved with it, uh, we've been around 15 years now. So it was mm -hmm. around 2004, uh, I left corporate America and, and, and launched out into doing this and um, went uh, went back to school, studied social problems a bit, and, and went and visited centers kind of like what we do all over the southeast, uh, mainly trying to figure out what not to do. And, yeah. um, and so when I got back, you know, it was uh, startling to me the number of folks that we had living uh, night to night in motels. Um, it was um, startling the folks that we have living in vehicles and on the streets and in, you know, small encampments here and there. And also the, the number of families with children mm -hmm. uh, that were just uh, struggling mightily to keep a roof over their head. And, um, and you know, there are a lot of, a lot of reasons um, behind that there there are system problems but there are also people problems yeah and really it's the confluence of those two things that that leads people to uh, experiencing homelessness or, or you know housing instability and um, you know there um, there are no simple answers yeah. you know and, and a lot of times folks ask me well you know what what is it y'all are attempting to do? Are you attempting to make it at least safe and livable to be homeless, or are you trying to eliminate homelessness? Mm -hmm. And and I say say to folks, well, yes, that's exactly the, both of those things. Or you can't do one without the other. And so in our programs, we use you know kind of basic need stuff, mm -hmm. dated meals, you know, showers, place to do your laundry, get hygiene products, get clothes. Um, get some financial help from time to time. Um, we use that as a tool to engage people, to get to know who they are. And, uh, and in, you know, in that, we start building a relationship so we can, we can start to speak positive things in their life, and we can, we can open a door that allows them to share where they want to go in their life. You know, um, mm -hmm. there is a point sometimes when people can get beaten down so bad that they just they just have no hope or, or they, they, they have a hard time feeling like they're valuable enough to invest in themselves. And, um, and that does happen, and it's heartbreaking when that does happen. But, but uh, you know, as a, as a faith-based organization, we're praying for the folks that come in. Um, we're, we're trying to speak good things. We're offering the opportunity to, to um, you know, to um, think about where do they want to go in life? What what could be better for them? You know, mm -hmm. and and sort of be very holistic about that. And um, and those things can certainly make you feel good about the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes um, brokenness. You know, we're all broken, and and uh, but some some folks' brokenness is a whole lot easier to see, and impacts their life differently than than for the rest of us. And and um, you know, sometimes that comes back around, and and it seems like gets worse sometimes rather than getting better even mm -hmm. though you're working with somebody and that's 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 pretty heartbreaking um it's but, extremely complicated with with all the things that you're dealing with because no two are alike that's right no two are alike and you know i've had people say well you know what is the the main reason that people become homeless mm -hmm. you know and and like i said there there are system issues you know we we um you know, housing and housing affordability and the economic issues. There are some pieces to that that are systematic. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if I had to put my finger on something uh, and say what was on the personal side, the thing that is, that is most prevalent in, that, that results in homelessness is, is uh, developmental trauma. So kids that are raised in a traumatic environment mm -hmm. tend to 
perpetuate a traumatic environment. You know, apples don't fall far from trees. Yeah. And um, and so you know, for us, uh, we're we particularly invest. Well, we say we invest in a wide range of the of the population we serve, but we really really feel like we make the most difference in serving families with children because in the generation of the child is where we have an opportunity to break cycles. Yeah. You know, there there certainly we can uh, help adults. Uh, like you said, become you know full participating members of our community, and that is our goal. Reintegration into community life is is the is the end result, the outcome, you know. And um, but um, you know we feel like for the children, we can that that generation. Uh, that's where we can really really make a difference moving forward for the future. It's very hard for kids in this day and time to be structured because a lot of many of them as you say their home life um, they're it's not a learning experience for them especially a positive learning experience right. and then the schools are not as structured as they used to be like when we went to school mm -hmm. and things like that we knew exactly what was expected of us and we had to live up to it and things have changed so much over and and uh, we've had an, a number of veterans. Uh, it seemed like we've had some type of conflict going on since World War II, you might say. So, right. Um, and that, that, that's a large group. When I think of what you're doing right now, mm -hmm. I think of San Francisco okay. and all of those places over there that have large uh, homeless problems. And they have they've they've gone into a uh, a situation where um, they have become uh, really a danger for their communities. And I've looked at uh, I, I remember talking to uh, one of the guys that's uh, over uh, all of our sports programs and stuff here in the city, and mm -hmm. and they're even trying to reach out to to the homeless. So mm -hmm. there are a number of organizations where there they be private or government or whatever are they're trying to keep us from getting into that type situation plus reaching out to the individuals to make them citizens where they're they're respected and and uh, they're re they're actually doing things that are going to be positive things for their families and I, uh, how many organizations do you work with uh, uh, with all the type of things mm -hmm. that are so negative with these groups i am so glad that you brought that up um my goal in life is that we never become that we never have the problem even nashville has. yeah and let me tell you i've been in atlanta i've been in dc i've been in other places that have very severe homeless problems like you were mentioning out on the on the west coast yeah and um you know, and that becomes very challenging when the, you know, the new census says we're, that we added almost 22 new county residents every single day from 2010 to 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, when you look at that, that uh, sort of relentlessness of growth, and we've had that, I moved up here in 92, um, so I've been here for a long time, um, and it was already in a, you know, in a growing our population was already in a growing phase yeah, since the 80s, you yeah. know. And um, and so with such relentless growth uh, comes a lot of pressure on, on housing availability and affordable housing. And 
and um, you know a lot of different people when when populations grow everybody grows you get certain percentage of rich people growing and certain percentage of poor people growing and it's pretty consistent um, throughout the different communities when mm -hmm. there's a lot of growth and um, it takes a lot of different organizations doing the different pieces yeah. you know we have a VA hospital here and so we have some veteran services mm -hmm. um, we certainly the school systems and DCS DHS and those kind of folks are very involved with families and families with children uh, and we, you know, we have programs within the county school system. For example, the Atlas program in the city school system has the same um, same type program. They call mm -hmm. it something different. Um, we certainly, um, you know, basically two generations ago, we had a lot more institutional care for people with mental health issues, with serious mental health issues. Yes, we did. You know, in the 80s, we started transitioning that to mainstream everyone. And to be honest with you, you just can't mainstream everyone. There are certain folks with serious mental illness that um, that need additional care and support that a community at large cannot provide. It needs to be in a structured environment. Um, you know, there there are so many different um, different groups that are involved. We have an organization in our county called HARC, the Housing, Health, and Human Services Alliance of Rutherford County. Mm -hmm. I've been involved in its leadership since what well, used to be the old Mayor's Homeless Task Force. Started mm -hmm. uh, in the early 90s. I didn't get into this, this business until uh, 2004, really 2005, and have been involved with it ever since. We sort of reorganized it. Um, there was an opportunity to do some things together as a community, and we, we really didn't have a very well-structured organization. It was more just a, you know, um, bunch of folks that got together and shared ideas and how they could collaborate and work mm -hmm. with folks. And so we sort of reorganized that in 2013, and, and uh, we've been involved in leadership of it ever since with many agencies uh, from uh, health and mental health care uh, to the housing authority to the cities, you know, the Smyrna, Laverne, City of Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, they all uh, sit on that, United Ways involved, many social service organizations like ourselves and faith-based organizations like ourselves, mm -hmm. uh, church community is involved, many of our churches are involved with it. Uh, and and so there is a lot of very, um, very sophisticated collaboration that goes on between agencies yeah. uh, in order to to help a family move you know move forward or an individual to move forward because like you said the needs are so diverse you yeah. know the, the the needs everybody is sort of like um, I tell people if you're thinking about how complicated the needs are you know visualize a plate of spaghetti now, if you want to talk about the, the complexity of the resources that it requires. Is that Mexican spaghetti or? <laughs> it, uh, you know, whichever the most complicated kind, you put all the things in it and then try to follow that noodle around. You know? Yeah. But, um, but then in response to that, the response is also complex, mm. um, but it's not necessarily complicated. So think about a puzzle and puzzle pieces. Have you ever taken someone who has bad middle, mental illness that wouldn't mind just walking up and just killing you at any time and taking them we used to t uh, capture them mm -hmm. and obviously they were really mentally uh, impaired yes. so we would take them to the one in Nashville on the left across from the where the, the airport was where right. they had kept the C-130s right and we would take them up there and they would try their best not to take them in mm -hmm. and you, you get so um, 
angry. Yeah. I would because it was obvious. So our job was to to get them a little bit fired up so the doctor could not turn them loose. Right. And it was it was one of the hardest situations for us because it it seems like it was useless a lot of times mm-hmm. to take them up there. Mm-hmm. And and then I'm thinking about what you're doing, and that, that's one of the th- reasons that I feel like it's an extremely complicated issue when you're dealing with people that are impaired in so many ways. That's true. And, and you know, with so many people that where there is um, serious mental illness, mm-hmm. so many times there's co-occurring substance abuse disorder. Yeah. Uh, and if you get into things like, you know, methamphetamines and things like that, then, then you get people that are really jacked up and really, you know, not thinking right. And that's mm-hmm. when you do have the potential for more violence or, or, or um, you know, things not turning out the way you want. Yeah. And, uh, but what I've also found is, is that with the right amount of, um, you know, ha- first housing has to be in a, an early intervention. Mm-hmm. Let me say, if you don't have a stable place to lay your head at night in a place that internally you feel like you belong mm-hmm. um, there's nothing else we can do that makes a darn bit of difference yeah uh, it might make a little bit of difference right while you're doing it but as soon as you finish doing whatever it is you're actively doing with that person it's not going to last so you've got to basically you know housing has to be early in in the process mm-hmm. and then you really got to have the the right kind of supports for that particular person's um, situation and so if you've got somebody who's regularly following up um, particularly if, if there are mental health issues and things like that and you can get the appropriate mental health care mm-hmm. and medical care for chronic conditions and things like that um, you would be amazed once people understand that they have some value and that other people value them and want to treat them like a human being yeah. and want them to be to get to the point where they can be part of community again and, and that we can all participate in this life together, you'd be amazed at how well people can start making a transition. Um, however, if we, if we can't get those resources around people, um, there's, not a, there's not a lot that just relationships are going to do to change people's you know, um, envir- or, you know, their outcome basically a chaotic negative environment you know if you're on the streets environment always wins yeah it's relentless it's going to beat you down or Um, if you're at home with your spouse and um, they have intentions to harm you yes yes we have seen that many times absolutely a negative environment is relentless the, it is just not going to, it's not going to let up. And, and you can fight and you can fight, but eventually you're going to get tired or you're going to let your guard down or or something's just going to go wrong and you're not going to be able to handle it. Yeah. And uh, we, so, we were so blessed to have people like you reaching out to keep, especially, it's usually the ladies mm-hmm. that are the victims mm-hmm. and, and sometimes the children. Mm-hmm. And they have to have a place to go where this individual cannot follow them and continue and and the harm could be all the way up to death in a lot of cases sure. the anger that was there we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with scott i started to say picture this 
You start your day with an aerobics class in the indoor saltwater pool. You enjoy a cup of coffee on your private balcony before heading to a book club meeting in the parlor. You grab a made-from-scratch chicken salad sandwich from the soda shop for lunch just before live entertainment in the courtyard. For dinner, you join your neighbors for a five-star meal in the formal dining room. All of this at Adams Place Independent Living. You don't have hot dogs or apple pie or no Chevrolet to drive, but we have some hickory smoke wings you're just dying to try. You'll try them, you'll like them, you'll give some to a friend. So on a dare, just stop on by and bring in a friend. Slick Pig Barbecue, 1920 East Main. This is Lisa Halliburton at Bell Jewelers inviting you in to see our Waterford Crystal Collection to commemorate that special occasion. At Bell Jewelers, we have a nice selection of Swiss watches like the Longines, and then we also have the Seiko Collection. So stop in. We can personalize the back for a special occasion with engraving. Come by and see us at Bell Jewelers at 821 Northwest Broad Street. We're across the street from Tooth. Generation 4 Creation presents the 20th Anniversary Grandparents Day Celebration with talent and creative grandchildren grades K-12 through for visual and performing arts. Saturday, September 11th at 4 p.m. at Right Now Rehearsal Studio, 1203 Park Avenue with longtime host Lynette Cole and a special tribute to Mary Glass. For reservations, log on to www.gfckids.org or call 615-890-7116. Generation 4 Creation. It's all about the kids. Take a moment and rate your lifestyle on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is a life that's nothing like the life you were promised after getting good grades, a college degree, and a good job in corporate America. 10 is the life of your dreams. If you answered anything less than a 10, tune into the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell, self-made millionaire and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, will show you how to live the life of your dreams and pay for it with passive income. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, right here on News Radio WGNS. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. The Tennessee Poison Center has seen a dramatic increase in calls for people experiencing issues after taking ivermectin for COVID-19. The agency says between May 23rd and August 23rd, they had 13 calls related to ivermectin. But the week of August 23rd, they saw a big jump, 12 calls in just a week. Ivermectin is used as a dewormer in horses. It can cause gastric distress and neurological damage, including altered mental states. Climate change is causing extreme weather, flooding, and wildfire emergencies. September is National Emergency Preparedness Month. Find out how to prep for an emergency by heading over to our website, wgnsradio.com. Pet up demand from the pandemic, low interest rates, and a shortage of properties have created a booming housing market with near record levels of refinance activity. While typical home values have increased by 15% from a year ago, the housing market is expected to stay hot in many cities through the end of the year and into next. According to the most recent loan-level mortgage data from the Home Mortgage Disclosure Act, there were 12.1 million mortgage loan applications approved in 2020, with an overall approval rating of 83.6%. 
There was a large crowd at the Short Mountain Distillery in Cannon County this past weekend after the cancellation of Bonnaroo. The distillery held what they called the Bonnaroo Refugee the Detour event. Cannon County Emergency Management Agency, Cannon County EMS, and the Tennessee Emergency Management Agency activated a command post in Woodbury just before the start of the event in case anyone needed emergency medical help. Reports say over a thousand people showed up. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high in the upper 80s. Southwest winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear, low near 64. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 61. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back. Uh, with We're talking about the journey home, and it is a one of the best things going on in our community to ri- try to make our community or to keep our community at the top of the level. You guys know that in the um, Wall Street Journal uh, not long ago, Murfreesboro was rated the number one place to move to out of the Wall Street Journal. So that that tells you what's going on in our community. And uh, we're going to turn, you're going to turn, a negative thing into a positive thing for our community because... Um, one of the pluses for us is everything is moving in a good direction and we don't want um, some of our people fighting something that they can't overcome. They need help and our community has been shown to reach out to all of those that are in need. Now Liz, tell me a little bit about where we're going and what our needs are and where our community needs to reach out and correct a lot of these situations as well as we can. And uh, I, I'm so happy to be with both of you guys this morning because you're very special people. So let, let me know what's going on and let the people out there in the okay. audience know. Well, you know, Truman, 
<clears throat> the Journey Home has an operating budget mm -hmm. of $1.2 million this year. And um, so that takes a lot of people mm -hmm. investing in the Journey Home. Yeah. And, you know, I would say that's our biggest need is financial investment. Because if you have enough money, then you can hire enough people to serve that community. Yeah. And so that would be the number one thing. And we look at churches, uh, businesses, individuals, all of those groups mm -hmm. help us do what's important for the community in serving the homeless. Yeah. Churches um, are not taking a beating like they are everywhere else. This is, this is, uh, this is the Bible Belt right here That's right. in Middle Tennessee and in Murfreesboro. So um, I feel like that uh, when people put money into the church like they should, uh, it's going to make a big difference. in a lot of the needs in our community and journey home is one of the big needs. Yes, and the, and the churches are wonderful for a couple of reasons. They yeah. do financially invest in us. But they also volunteer. Um, the Journey Home has about 1,500 volunteers annually. Wow! That come and help us serve, and that you know that keeps our budget low. Even though we've got a 1.2 million dollar budget, uh, a lot we would have a lot larger budget if we didn't have those volunteers coming to help us. But they, you have a lot of things going on that are going to be very costly, and and people need to know what they are and how to reach out to That's those exactly things. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, one of the things that the volunteers are very involved with, and it would be a costly operation mm -hmm. if we did not have them, and that's a community cafe. So we serve people seven days a week. We're open seven days a week to mm -hmm. serve people and have volunteers come. They provide the food. They prepare the food. They serve the food. And all of that would be operational expense that we would add on. I think our community cafe budget is we operate at about thirty-five or forty thousand dollars a year to serve as as people. Cash, cash, cash expense. Yes. Yes. Cash wow. expense. Yeah. There the were uh, a few years ago. Um, I sat down and hammered out the numbers of volunteer hours. You know, we we keep track of that for well for for those that sign in. I can't say there's a 100% uh, effective rate in signing in, but you know how that is. But we looked at it, and of those that signed in, it represented about 10 full-time employees. Mm -hmm. 10 full-time employees um, that were represented through the work of volunteers in our community. This is a great community. This community yeah. steps up so often. And so working with the Journey Home, it, it um, you know, and I think there are a lot of people in our community that don't really fully know the journey home they may mm -hmm. think they do they've heard a community cafe you know they they know that uh, you know that we'll help you know people that that are on street get into housing and that mm -hmm. kind of thing but you know besides our outreach center you know we've got about 30 homes and apartments that we run permanent supportive housing or transitional housing in because housing tell, is tell people what the transitional housing is sure well um as people are um, trying to move from housing instability into mm -hmm. mainstream community life, yeah. um, housing is like a critical element for everything else to work. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's hard to keep a job if you can't get a good night's sleep and take a shower and get ready to go to work in the morning. Yeah. It's hard to maintain your health care. You may have chronic health conditions, you know, high blood pressure, diabetes, different things like that. You may have mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it is hard to maintain a therapeutic regimen if you don't have a place to live. It's hard to get kids where they need to be. It's hard to manage a schedule. Uh, it's hard to just maintain your well-being if mm-hmm. you don't have a home. So for, you know, gosh, we all know housing is is uh, is, is pretty high uh, here in the mid-state area mm-hmm. with all the relentless growth we've had. That's just a natural economic phenomenon. And um, but, you know, folks still have to have a place to live to mm-hmm. participate in communities. So we know that has to happen early. Having that uh, housing supports all of the other type of services, whether it be health, employment, uh, mental health, um, child child raising, mm-hmm. education, all those kind of things. Uh, all of that is supported by having a good home environment. For some of our folks, we want to get them into permanent housing as soon as we can. We have a program, I think we've housed a couple hundred households in what we call our rapid rehousing program. Now how do you do that? That is a uh, primarily a publicly funded program. Liz yeah. was mentioning uh, our budget earlier. So we fund about half of our budget from our community's private investment, mm-hmm. and then we fund about half of our budget from public grants and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believe that, uh, that everybody, from the government to the church to the individual, has a, has a role to play and participate in helping community be safe and sound and an opportunity for everyone. And so um, that's not just getting them into the home. That's getting them employment and all the other yes. positive things that go with it. Yes. It's not an easy thing to do. It is not. And so that's why case management and having a, a service coordinator and a case manager that is constantly following with that that family or that mm-hmm. individual, particularly early in the process. Yeah. Um, so in, in our particular case, um, we typically are very engaged in the first three to six months. That's everything from financial assistance, helping them get in, paying deposits for some rent assistance, mm-hmm. helping them until they start to get their own job, helping them learn to budget and, and manage a budget mm-hmm. and what to do in a crisis when your budget doesn't line up, you know, or something happens. Um, helping them get connected with employment, with, with mental health, with uh, health care, with education, getting making sure the kids are going to school every day and they're showing yeah. up on time and they, they have food in their bellies before they, they go to class, you know. And um, certainly uh, enrolling in any mainstream benefits that might benefit that individual or that family. And so... Um, for for um, we recognize that some folks are going to have more needs than others. Mm-hmm. Rapid rehousing is a great. Uh, there there are different types of situations of homelessness. There's what we call situational homelessness. Something happened. You know the uh, somebody got sick. Somebody mm-hmm. lost a job. Maybe the family split up. Maybe somebody died. Uh, maybe there was a, a, a new baby born in the family. Some some event happened, and things where people were right on the edge. Things spiraled out of control, and they lost everything. They need some help getting back moving forward. Yeah. Usually, if we can keep that homelessness or, or um, instability really short, they can usually start to move forward with, with not a whole lot of assistance pretty darn quickly. Um, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like the way old-time Murfreesboro used to be, where someone would have a house fire. Mm-hmm. 
then the sure. whole neighborhood would get, would go over and rebuild that home for them. Mm -hmm. uh, they could see how they were suffering. And the sad thing is a lot of the people are suffering and nobody knows anything about it. But that's, that's where true. you come in. And, and it is. And, and, and for those folks, uh, we, we will typically work with a, an individual or family for at least a year, mm -hmm. um, sometimes longer, uh, depending on their situation. But then What if you, they fall on the wayside? Just just you've got them going uh -huh. and then all of a sudden everything goes back to the way it was you know so that's one of the things is that's why we keep these cases open and a caseworker checking on them at least every month yeah for at least a year um, because things can go get off the rails and if it does get off the rails we want to find it as soon as it gets off the rails and we can get with that person and 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 get you know get back on track yeah um, because they're still in our community they're still you know i mean they're, they're still members of our community, and we want them to be able to fully participate. You know, one of the, one of the things we work on is all kind of, of areas of self-determination. You know, mm -hmm. it involves their, uh, maybe their faith, you know, their education, their employment, um, their health, their well-being. People need to be able to participate in community. Uh, and if something goes wrong, and it can, we want to find out right away. And that's why keeping case managers working with cases um, for, for a longer period of time is so very important. And working with many different issues at one time. I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, if we can just work on their, these recovery programs, we just mm -hmm. need to get people off drugs. You know, if we can just work on getting people jobs, if we can just work on getting people housing, well, the bottom line is you have to do all those things at the same time for any of it to work for that particular individual or household. Yeah. Know? And um, do you think that the community as a whole realizes what you guys are doing and how much you are um, uh, keeping Murfreesboro and the whole community of Rutherford County uh, in a positive light? Because if it wasn't for Journey Home, look how many people would be so negatively affected and that goes along in, in, in reaching out to the whole uh, community here. If, if you're not doing anything for them, right. things are just going to continue to go downward. Homelessness will get bad yeah. if you don't have agencies. And it's not just Journey Home. There are several of us agencies. Many of us work on different aspects mm -hmm. of the issue that we work together in the Hark Collective. Um, does the, do you, does the city of Murfreesboro and you have a great relationship as far as some of the negative things do they reach out to you directly you know i can tell you that um, almost every time that i've had interaction with the city it's been mm -hmm. positive and the county and the county yes mm -hmm. and and they have been um supportive of good ideas mm -hmm. you know they they have a concern just like all of us do. We don't want homelessness in our community because we don't want all of the problems that go with it. But we also, because we care about people. And it can, can get, it can get, get bad enough. Oh, it, it affects the, it can't, the, the if, entire county. If you are not being proactive about it, it yeah. will, especially when you've had such relentless growth. But also, we care about the people. We don't want people to experience the difficulty. We want them to be in you know, in our community. And so I, I do think that a lot of people don't understand the impact that the work that we're doing 
has in mitigating the growth of homelessness in our community. Yeah. Uh, and and we've been you know we've been we've been pretty well holding our own as a community. Uh, with our homeless numbers, uh, if if you want to go to the the Hark website h3arc.org, you can see our numbers historically, uh, and as the population has grown very very rapidly, the homelessness has grown very very minimally. But that's because we're very actively working to keep it low, to get people rehoused, to get people services they need, and you have to have the service side of it, and you have to have the housing side of it. You have to have both working concurrently. And, uh, you know, for us, we are um, about to embark on relocating. Excuse me. You just embarked um, on killing my ears. Exactly. I'm sorry about that. Um, we're, we are um, going to be um, we're going to be hitting up the community for uh, for investing in in the in this work that all we right do. everybody needs to be listening and uh, where they can participate yes uh and this it takes an entire community yeah. you know the journey home is about community taking care of community yeah that's what it is uh, there are probably what on any given quarter liz i'd say probably 60 or more churches that are involved either through giving through volunteerism through 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 their groups coming and serving um, we've got businesses, opportunities for businesses to uh, become involved uh, in either through what they do, if they are in that type of business, mm -hmm. or making investments so their community, so everybody is a better, you know, what does they say on It's a Wonderful Life? It makes them better citizens, makes them better taxpayers, makes them Let better. memory. You know, I'm, I'm uh, Jimmy Stewart's one of my favorites. So anyway, he is great. And was. Uh, so we are in the process of relocating our center. Uh, we purchased some, some property uh, back in the early part of the year. Um, we were very blessed to be able to, to, uh, to buy that outright. Uh, How much have you been able to purchase? It's, uh, it's about an acre. It's a little under an acre and a half. Uh -huh. um, and it's only about a little less than a mile from where we are currently. Yeah. Um, so it's in the, the, an area where, um, where the need is. And um, so... The next step for us is to uh, build a building on that. That what is the projected size for the building? Uh, the building will have uh, it's about twenty-four thousand square feet. However, the main floor uh, we have a little less than eight thousand square feet where we are now. We actually have three different levels in the building. It looks like a very small building, but it's got more space. Mm -hmm. And um, and so the the main floor will have about. Uh, 15,000, 16,000 feet, mm -hmm. and then the, we're going to shell out the second floor, uh, about 7,500, 8,000 square feet on the second floor for future partners uh, in the community and expansion of things we do. Um, you know, one of the things, um, you know, I doubt that most people would know that we have a, a clinic that we operate on Tuesdays. We have nurse practitioners that come in and see, well, good for you. see our patients uh, that uh, are our clients that are patients. And we, we try to help keep some load off of the emergency room mm -hmm. at St. Thomas yeah. and also then coordinate and try to get them a primary care doctor. We work uh, heavily with St. Louis Clinic. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, we want to expand that. We want yeah. to have mental health services every day of the week at the new center. Obviously, we'll still have meals and showers and clothing and hygiene and all those kind of things that uh, that we do. But we need more space for for our caseworkers uh, that are they're working plans with individuals and mm -hmm. and uh, folks. We also um, have community partners that do other things, maybe outreach, maybe maybe veteran services winds up uh, being there. Maybe uh, we have uh, folks that are working with a special group of people, maybe like. 
youth aging out of foster care, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that is a group that tends to have a disproportionate amount of homelessness yeah. uh, in it. Um, and so we, we've got the opportunity to, um, to um, get some additional partners. Then after that, we will be working on our first permanent supportive housing uh, micro-community. This one will be for senior adults. Uh, we had uh, we operate the coldest nights program in the wintertime. Uh, we had, that's a cold weather shelter for men and women at First Baptist in St. Paul's downtown, and um, we started that a long time ago. Well, this past year of the 300 and some odd ind unique individuals that we served, mm -hmm. um, there was over 10 percent of them were senior adults, 60 years and over. Wow! These are street, unsheltered, on the street folks that have nowhere else to go. And so we have a significant issue there, and, th and those folks need uh, some significant um, care. So that will be our next project, and that will be, uh, you know, for the folks that have significant needs, chronic needs, then we need, to, we need to be able to create environments where those needs can be met. You know, sometimes, and I know that, that you came across this uh, in your law enforcement career, mm -hmm. uh, you had folks, that if they could just have get a little bit of help, if yeah. they could just... They, they were almost going to make it, but with a little bit could really push them towards something good, something permanent. Mm -hmm. We have so many people like that, not just senior adults, but disabled. We have veterans that are in that boat. We have many different subgroups that if they get a little bit of help in the in environment of community, they will do very well, and they will be uh, mainstream, you know, community members, just like all the rest of us. And um, you know, so that's that's where we need to go. And so it's a two-part two-part strategy, and uh, and it is very important that uh, we're going to have some stuff coming out about that. Uh, that people, um, when they have the opportunity to to look at that, they take the opportunity because it is the community investing in the community uh, for the long-term success. Now, we don't want to have the issues that they have in some of these bigger cities no. with, with homelessness. As long as we've got you active, we won't have th those problems that they've got in it, San Francisco. It takes the whole community. Yeah. It's, it's not just, you know, just a few of us doing the work. It's the whole community investing in their money and their time and their expertise, uh, their prayers, um, you know, Telling others, sharing others, and helping helping Liz do the job of getting the word out. You know. That's right. You know, and and investing your time, talent, or treasure. And one of the opportunities we have coming up for people to get involved with us is our third annual picking at packets. Um, it's on September 30th, and we have two amazing artists that are going to be performing. Jonelle Mosser and Jesse LaBelle. Mm -hmm. And Jonelle Mosser is so well known in Middle Tennessee. She's, uh, she kind of reminds me of like a Janice Joplin. So if you like bluesy. Oh, don't even say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you like bluesy music, um, she's performed with B.B. King, Tricia Yearwood, Etta James, Winona, Big Rod time. Rodney Corral. Vince Gill, Waylon, mm -hmm. a lot of people, and Jesse LaBelle uh, has performed with a lot of people. He's he uh, has high energy guitar playing and uh, has played opening spots with Garth Brooks, mm -hmm. Keith Urban. I like to say Keith Urban, uh, Eric Church, Forda, 
Florida Georgia line. Who is Keith Urban married to? Nicole, is it Nicole? Yeah, What's her name? Kidman. Kidman. Yes, yes. He's got to be big time to be married to her. That's right. That's <laughs> Bless right. his heart. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be a great time, and um, it's September 30th, and people can contact me or visit our website, which is lovegodservepeople.org. There's still opportunities for sponsorships? There sure is. Okay. There sure is. That's and a big thing right now is the sponsorship. That's right. And you were asking about how businesses can get involved. That's, yeah. that's one really great way coming up. And, you know, they'll, they'll be recognized during the event. We have a VIP reception mm -hmm. that will begin at 530. And then the main event will begin at 630. So those sponsors get to come and meet our artists. And we'll have um, some appetizers and beverages and things of that nature. That are going to be provided by the restaurant. That's there. right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and uh, the food is absolutely outstanding there. That's right. I mean, great food. And uh, um, so Puckett is, is, is taking part in supporting uh, what's going on with the journey home. So everybody has an opportunity to be a part of that, don't they? They sure do. They sure do. All across the county, the people yes. need to, to uh, open up their hearts and open up their doors and um, help the journey home because you're in you really need a lot of help because the faster that you're able to grow the quicker that you, you can reach out to all of these people that have a lot of problems in their lives you're exactly right you're exactly right you know it's it's funny mm -hmm. here here you guys are right here in downtown murfreesboro and you know in san francisco and some of those places the biggest thing that they wanted to deal with was getting them out of their city. And they can't. I mean, they're spreading diseases and everything else. And it's such a... San Francisco was a great city at one time. But look what's happening to it now. It's unbelievable. We, we want to stay ahead of the issues. Yeah. In order to do that, we have to be proactive. We have to be smart. There is yeah. a right way to go about doing this. Yeah. Um, simply just building a whole bunch more shelter space or things like that, I don't believe that's the, that's the answer. Yeah. The answer is to get people through the process and back into community living, back on their feet, back into being our neighbors as soon as you can. Yeah. You know? And, um, and so um, one of the things that our new uh, facility, we will have uh, short-term um, short housing for families with children. Uh, so some people will call it family shelter, but we we will have um, because right now it is costing us an arm and a leg to put people in motels. Yeah. Um, because what, there's no place else to go. What is the main issue with these people and, that uh, have come down on their luck, or is it just uh, it just uh, well, I hate the word plethora, but but just all across the board, uh, do they all have different problems? Um, they they are diverse. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that um, um, family dysfunction and developmental trauma mm -hmm. on the on the personal side, if you will, mm -hmm. and and a lack of affordable housing or the right kinds of housing um, 
and and some other systematic issues on the other side. So I that, find it, it interesting. It's a confluence of issues. There's no one yeah. particular thing. Mental health has a lot to do with it. Uh, trauma has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, but also just being able to have a job that pays you enough to afford a house. You know, uh, I can tell you when 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 uh, when I moved here um, back in '92. Uh, I think it was 92, 92, 93, somewhere back in there. Long time ago. From Shelbyville. And no, it's no, not. Shelby County. From, well, from, from Nashville, actually. I, I'm from Memphis, uh, Shelby County. You went right. from one bad place to the other. <laughs> well, you know, I, I transferred with my, with my work, mm -hmm. and, um, and I, I lived in Nashville for, I don't know, a year and a half, maybe two years. But uh, I wanted to just check out the Mid-State, you mm -hmm. know, and see before I decided to settle here and I found that the mid-state was a wonderful area to be and um, and when I was looking for places to live I didn't want to live in the city in Nashville I wanted to live somewhere out a little more rural you want to live in and heaven that's right yeah and, uh, and found I, I found Murfreesboro yeah uh, you know I, I live in the same house out in the Barfield community that I've lived in right area I moved here yeah and uh, in fact it was uh, just a lot of cow pasture I live kind of in behind World Outreach Church maybe about a mile and um, and a lot of cow pasture that's not cow pasture anymore. It's all subdivisions now. But um, you know, when when we moved out here, we found that it was a great community. Uh, you know, got involved in um, uh, some different you know um, you know different aspects of the community, the university, yeah. church. You know, all the different things. And um, you know, when this community comes together. There's nothing it can't do. You're right. And there's a right way to address these issues of housing instability and homelessness yeah. and kind of nip it in the bud and help people help themselves, help people move forward in an organized and structured way. Um, and that's what that's what we we have the – let me tell you, the one thing I know is this plan is the right plan. Yeah. You've got to have certain pieces of it, and it's got to be done in a certain very organized way. Um but you can't just have resources without relationship. Yeah. You know, that that's the glue that holds it all together and, and keeps people uh, engaged, you know, keeps people wanting to, to do better. And so um, that's where our community has to step in, help fund these projects, help fund the work that needs to be done. Um, and we will continue to, to be good stewards, you know, and, and work very hard to make sure that our community as it continues to grow, and it's going to continue to grow, um, you know, for years and years to come, that that homelessness is not an issue that is a major impact in our community like it is in so many big cities. Yeah. All right, Liz, tell me how everybody can be involved again. We, we kind of, I think I kind of cut you short. So <laughs> fire, fire back and, and, and tell, and also make sure that they know how to get in touch with you. That's right. Well, we invite everyone to become involved with the journey home mm -hmm. and one of the great things that they can take advantage of is we want people to come down and take a tour of our outreach center and learn how we serve these people scott mm -hmm. mentioned the wellness clinic the community cafe the clothes closet we have a lot going on down there and so we invite everyone to do that we um, also, I was talking to you about picking at Puckett's, mm -hmm. but, you know, if picking at Puckett's is not the way you want to be involved, 
you can certainly engage with us outside of picking in packets. Mm -hmm. But either way, they can visit our website. Again, that's lovegodservepeople.org. Or they can call me. Uh, my number, get ready to write it down, is 865-278-8757. Now say that again. 865-278-8757. And the other one? LoveGodServePeople.org. Okay. Yes. Let's also make sure people have our, our main number. Uh, that's your direct line number. Uh, yes. But, you it, know, folks um, may have a need in yeah. the community that are listening to this program today. Mm -hmm. that's or right. they may have a family member or a neighbor that, that is in need. And so we want them to also have our, our outreach center phone number, uh, which is 615 eight zero nine two six four four uh in order that you can call and get plugged in and you know the other thing journey home is is it's sort of the the hub of the wheel uh for our for our area mm -hmm. uh, so if you don't know who to call yeah. call us one of our one of our caseworkers will refer you to the right people if it's not us mm -hmm. and we'll help you make that handoff and find out who the right person is to to help in your situation and i think most people know that they can call podcast uh, at WGNS and they can re they can replay with you guys own and uh, they can uh, actually be a little bit more ed educated I guess uh, repeating what you guys have said because it's been uh, uh, a remarkable uh, day for me to listen to all of this I knew a lot of what you guys were doing and I've um, all all people in emergency services probably know a lot of the things that you guys are able to uh, take care of where others cannot. I mean, once you've once you've got a, uh, a direct connection with the people that are having problems, it it kind of uh, reaches out to other people, and um, I I know of some people that have reached out to the journey homes and you guys have really made a difference in their lives you really have and um, I mean if you only reach out to one it's worth the effort but you guys I mean you guys just it's a continuing process and um, yes. it would be so great if all the people who have found um, their home here in Rutherford County and, and uh, it's a blessing to live here. It really is. Yeah, you look at all of the problems that are going on worldwide and in our country. Rutherford County is just, uh, it, it, it seems like that you um, uh, step out of a, a dirty pool into fresh water. And it, it, it's amazing what it does. You know, Truman, you mentioned uh, that a lot of um, uh, the listeners are, are business owners, uh, yep. business folks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it made me think about a couple of other things that, uh, that folks might not be aware of. Mm -hmm. uh, one, that we've recently uh, started uh, serving folks up in the Smyrna and Laverne area. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got some uh, folks that are actually working that particular area that's a new thing for us. In fact, we have another new new staff person to be coming on this week that's on that team. 
Um, but the other thing is, is that a lot of those folks may have rental property. Mm-hmm. And some of the folks that are their renters may have been having some struggles, may have lost work over, you know, this COVID thing's been kind of crazy for the last year and a half. And mm-hmm. and um, folks have, you know, uh, some have lost work or had hours cut back or, you know, now, um, you know, that you may, kids may get sent home from school or things like that. So, so mom or dad or whoever's available might have to take off work and miss work to stay with the kids and, and things like that. And so there's been all kind of economic upheaval. Well, if, if you've got residents that are renting from you mm-hmm. and they're behind and they're struggling, uh, that's another reason you need to call Journey Home. They need to call Journey Home. You need to call Journey Home. Um, we have resources that can help folks if they've had, you know, um, disruption in their income and make sure to, to kind of that they don't get in that homeless track. Mm-hmm. Also, we it, can it, help connect them with the county's program. Yeah. And and some some folks are struggling a little bit with the with that process. We uh-huh. will help them through that process. Uh, that's a process for landlords and and renters. Uh, in order that, uh, that that there's assistance out there that can help them. So, you know, it, so if they're behind mm-hmm. in, in in their rent that they're paying, and a lot of it is due to uh, the conditions that are going on as far sure. as people, um, the disease and, and all the other things that are affected, it's a really a negative type uh, era that we're living in right now. Yes. But for the most part, people are really doing very very well but but a uh, certain section of them are getting hit hard yes it depends on what service industry workers and things like that are particularly struggling and um, and we want the community to know particularly our business community there there there's some resources out there we can help connect people to that we don't want people to become homeless yeah you know if, if if we can prevent people from becoming homeless that's the cheapest and most effective and least traumatic on the individual and their families. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, we want to help them get back on track as quickly as possible so that we don't have homelessness in that instance. Now, if you have any problem, I've got the sign up to, that we are out of time. Um, but uh, if you're having problems with any of these things that have been brought up uh, this morning, uh, be sure to contact uh, Journey Home, and uh, uh, we've we've given you all the information. You can run a, a, a retracer back on this show with podcasts for WGNS, and uh, um, I really uh, am honored to have you two guys on today. We're glad so, to be here. Thank yes. you very much. Thank you for having us. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you in the morning at nine. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.